Thank you for downloading Tube Flash Tales, original flash fiction inspired by London Underground and vintage and contemporary brooches. If you want to find out more, visit the Tube Flash website, but not before you've listened to this set of Tube Flash Tales. Train of Thought Mansion House Bloodsworth by Rebecca Smith Bloodworth had a few decades amount of blood in pails around the fine doors of Mansion House. Where did it come from? The blood leaked from the boils of the plague of 1665, gathering in pails and soaking the wooden beams of the houses that were now going up in smoke. The men brought the blood to him, it sat on him as a judgment, like a weak chin, for his lack of initiative. They left the pails and spat at the front doorstep for good measure. He sat in the middle of the grand building, his own house destroyed in the flames, and sobbed into his wife's bosom. The horses stamped and neighed, their ears laid back on their slender heads as the ashes fluttered down to mingle with their black coats. It's not fair. It's not fair, he sobbed. Now, now, she soothed. What are you going to do about all the blood? They keep bringing more of it to the door and leaving it with us. I know, he wept. He went outside to begin removing the pails. He picked up two and waltzed with them to the Thames, there he upended them into the water. The severest year, he said to himself, watching the red malt in the brown water. The severest year a man could have had. At least he had his wife and horses and can retreat to the country. Many years later, under their thatched roof, his wife woke to the smell of smoke and blood. She thought of black pudding, candles, and then the great fire came back to her. She tiptoed to the stream outside, and bending saw the water running red, looping in dreamy circles to thicken at her feet. Warren Street The Warrener's Daughter Warns by Pauline Mazurel Run, Bunny, run. You're a big buck coney with paws as fleet as Windrush and blood as hot as sunshine. When my father comes with his ferrets and his net, you'd best not be here munching on tussocks between the pillow mounds, twitching your bunny nose that devil may get me flare. There's a flash of grey on your rump that says you're wise to the ways of the warrener, 
but let me share the lesson of my own short life. No matter what you do or don't do, he'll be the one to decide what happens next. Unless you can be canny and learn how to hide. Don't let my father skin you to trim his fancy woman's gown and to felt his own best hat. He'd smite you into portions and then feed you to the pot. Your flesh would be boiled in broth until it's tender and then served forth. So run, Bunny, run, as fast as you can. Return to your burrow, retire to your chambers, and stay safe inside. Elephant and Castle A Great Escape by Joanna Sterling Once upon a time in Fibula Castle lived Princess Crystal. On Thursday morning in the East Tower, she asked her long-suffering maid, Susanna, Is he here yet? Susanna looked out of the narrow slit window for the eighth time that morning. No, Your Highness. Princess Crystal flopped onto the pile of satin cushions and re-read the message on her iPhone while absent-mindedly stroking her miniature poodle, Fifi. Suddenly, Susanna shouted, He's coming! He's coming! Get out of my way! Shoving Susanna aside, Princess Crystal, on silken-slippered tiptoes, leant out of the window. I can't see him! she wailed. All I can see is an elephant covered in flowers and bells with a golden seat balanced on the top. Yes, that's him. Susanna nodded her head vigorously. Oh, do stop nodding. You look like one of those dogs on the dashboard of Papa's BMW. Isn't he handsome, Your Highness? Just like his photo on knightsinshiningarmor.com. So romantic. In his photo, he's got a moustache and smouldering eyes. Look! The princess thrust out a pink glitter-backed iPhone. I don't call an elephant a discreet getaway vehicle. Does he really think I'm going to climb up on that beast in this outfit? Well, there's Pablo's boat, Susanna said. You think eloping in a small rowing boat with all my luggage is any more sensible? That's no better than Sir Brad and his Boris bike last month. Sometimes I wonder if there's any brain between those two sticky-out ears of yours. You know Fifi gets travel-sick. The princess began to text rapidly. I've told him I've a headache and he'll have to arrange more suitable transport. I suggested a Porsche. Susanna, unpack. Not as romantic, Susanna muttered as she began the unpacking. Again... Hendon Central Yes, by Lisa Matthews. 
Under the thick wolf sweater, the stays of Andrea's corset had flexed with every movement of the carriage. We went to a fancy dress party once as geologists. I had a rock hammer and a leather bag. Andrea wore the sweater and carried a field guide to the sedimentary beds of south-west England. Everything seems a long time ago, and I give her raincoat a long, hard stare. She rang from Hendon to say she'd be late. Last month in the supermarket, we bought double cream and stopped off at a DIY store for a metre-long measuring rule. There was no sense in trying to understand any of it. I just said yes to most of the things she suggested. So, yes, was this beautiful little word we continually batted back and forth. The first time she spoke to me was in the music library, and somewhere between Berlioz and Debussy, she had my full attention. I asked if she worked at the library. She laughed, plucked a score from the cabinet and walked away. Andrea can play virtuoso piano. Played. I imagine her on some rain-washed Hendon pavement. She'd fit right in there. She can bark a good order, flick the tip of an instruction so it catches fine skin. I smile remembering this, as Andrea's mother is looking through her drawers for clues, for a list, an errant diary entry, for some kind of note. Wherever she is now, I hope she can see that I've hidden the handcuffs from the shop in Hoxton. And then her mother asks if I think she had planned the whole thing. And I say, no. Then she asks if I think she'd forgiven her. And of course, I say, yes. I always say yes. Victoria. Victoria Emeralds and Diamonds by Clarissa Patton He called me his queen I never called him my king Except once when he gave me a brooch You listened, I said I thought you were asleep one night, when the world was at its coldest and darkest, I awoke sweating from a nightmare. It was then I whispered my one and only story into his ear. It was the story of my mother's funeral, the time when all was sadness and my strange runaway sister broke into my home and stole the one family heirloom, the only thing that my mother had of any value. People didn't believe it. They thought I'd lost it or pawned it because I wouldn't phone the police. I couldn't phone the police. Once I love someone, I can't stop loving them, I breathed into his ear. Weeks later, he gave me the brooch. I know it's not the same, but look at it and pretend you see what you need to see, he said. Emeralds and diamonds, we laughed. Years later, I was somewhere I shouldn't have been. I'd overslept, forgotten what I needed, missed my stop. And there he was, in the hustle and bustle of the station, too busy leaning into a delicately pretty young woman to notice me. I walked as close to him as I dared. I looked at her, not him. 
there was something pinned to her coat. My heart stopped. My eyes refocused. It was a cheap badge, advertising a band I'd never heard of. I breathed again. My fingers went to the brooch at my own lapel. Emeralds and diamonds, I said, loud enough for him to hear. Then I continued walking, in the opposite direction of where I was supposed to be. You've been listening to a Tube Flash production, Train of Thought, read by Mena Bonsells and Keith Morris. If you enjoyed this download, why not visit the Tube Flash website, www.tubeflash.co.uk, where you'll find more underground tales to download and keep forever entirely free by following the iTunes link. <laughs>